You are listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. Connect with me on YouTube at Past Life Lady or on my Facebook fan page at Past Life Lady. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. guess what? I've got a new book coming out. It's called The Goddess Discovered, Exploring the Divine Feminine Around the World. And it is coming out on December 8th from Llewellyn Worldwide. This book has over 500 deities in it. Part one of the book will take you into the ancient world where you will learn about ancient religions that you may have practiced during your past lives and you'll explore goddesses from the ancient Celts, the Norse, the Egyptians, the Greeks and Romans, and more. And then in part two, we will explore living religions, current modern religions, and the deities worshipped by people during our own modern times. In part three, you'll have a chance to take some past life regressions and even genealogical regressions to connect with the places where your ancestors may have worshipped these deities in the past. Pre-order The Goddess Discovered and you'll receive a free gift, a guided journey from me through my healing arts platform. I hope that this one will be a book that you will have on your shelf for years to come. And I cannot thank you enough for your support of this book. I'll have lots of events coming up. But meanwhile, you can pre-order The Goddess Discovered. And I thank you so much for your support. Namaste. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Care. friends. Welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. Guess what? I met some more fun new friends in Denver at my recent trip to the International New Age Trade Show, including my next fabulous guest, Hamali Vora is here today. She's got an amazing book called Sacred Death, 25 Tips for Caregivers. Hamali, it's so great to see you again. Welcome to Healing Arts. Thank you so much. It was really nice meeting you. Um, and it's always um, it's an honor to be here. And thank you so much for inviting me to do this with you. Oh, it's my honor to have you. So your book, Sacred Death, was a Coalition of Visionary Resources Award winner last year. 
That is such a fascinating book. Um, It's got a lot of different authors in it contributing their personal experiences. So tell us about your work with Sacred Death and how you got into this and how you were drawn into this important work. Wow. Um, To begin with, um, I started with the book. It's I just wanted a different perspective in terms of um, a different worldview so to speak, on death and dying and really look up into the ancient worlds and how they viewed death. And, you know, I I was born and I grew up in India. And so, um, and even our scriptures, it talks about so much about death or deathlessness. And so I wanted to see what everybody else's viewpoint is. Um, My journey really, I feel that it began probably when I was born, and I won't tell you the whole story, but um, when my dad passed away in 2010, um, I kind of got into this existential crisis in terms of why am I here? What is my purpose? What is my legacy? Because what I saw was that um, without having so much of an education or he's just a college graduate um, or not even and um, without, you know, anything. He was two when both his parents died, but yet he had so much impact in so many people's lives. And when I saw that, uh, when people came and approached me or my family and telling their stories on how they, he had shifted their life, done so much for them, um, just re- that realization, what is my legacy? Why am I here for? Um, and so I went in the search and that just kind of led me to so many things. Um, I'm professionally, I'm a physical therapist. Um, and it's like so many synchronistic events that happen in my life that brought me to where I am. And slowly I did holistic nutrition, then I did Reiki. Um, so I do a lot of energy work. Uh, um, and I was in this mission of knowing who my angels are and my guides are. And so every day my intention for meditation was that. I wanna know who my angel is. And one night actually, um, I felt a presence, I was scared and I was like, please come back. You know, I know I've I've been asking for it. And um, I said, okay, at least tell me who you are. And um, what I heard was angel of death. And I was like, seriously I really I are you sure and so it's like I even heard this chuckle saying yes and um in India you know in Hinduism you have um god of death Yamaraj and so I know the stories I've heard of him you know uh what he stands for and things like that so it was very interesting it's like two three in the morning and then I'm googling angel of death and then I see all these, there was this one um, search that led me to 25 underworld gods and angels and, um, of death from different like Celtic perspective, um, South American, like Toltec, Mayan, all these different um, places around the world talked about death and dying uh, and everything, every meditation, conversation led me to end-of-life doula work and I had never known about end-of-life doula until 2020 
um, and what it was. And so, sorry, it's a long conversation. No, I want to hear but, more. We, yeah, we, and so thing. we want more. Yeah, so it's like the journey kept going. Once I just asked for it, like, what is my legacy? What is my purpose? And what what should be my intention in this lifetime? It's like everything. I started chanting and praying certain mantras. Uh, if you look in the book, the first um, mantra that's there is the uh, um, Mahamrityunjay mantra. It's a Shiv mantra where um, it, it talks about the untimely death or it helps with that. And it talks about that um, moksha, meaning the liberation. And so then I, you know, more research, I really researched into death and dying. And then to know that we are in this loop of and you see that loop right there it's like we're in this circular motion and it's like it's a never-ending motion and it keeps going on and on and the life and death life and death and I was like I'm making these proclamation to the universe to whoever's listening that I want out if this is my start of journey I want out you know I think um I want liberation and so that's my that was my big announcement so it's like slowly and steadily, you know, that led me to this end of life and a doula, but doing all this thing, I was like, okay, right now, I just figured out what I want to do with my whole healing career and where I want to move. And how do I add one more thing into my platter, meaning end of life doula? Like, I don't know if I want to do that work. Um, my every meditation after that led me to specific places and things that even as a little child I experienced that I forgot about um like at age eight I was um I think seven eight my uncle died my dad's brother okay. I specifically remember being out of my body and experiencing like even like just kind of walking through that whole process of how they care for the body um the what they do around the body and then everybody's emotions. Like I felt everybody's emotion, what they talked about, how the shift and void happens when uh, somebody passes away, how the shift, like there are, there are so many, um, I wanna say like the emotions rise up, anger, um, greed, all those things kind of rise up in everyone and how that shifts, how people try to fight to take that position of that void uh, in the family loved one that has gone and it's like I was reminded of that I had that experience when my aunt passed away in 2009 like how do people grieve separately differently what they say and how the whale is so thin and how these are the opportunity and moments to shift things like for me when my aunt passed away we went to the hospital and came back to her house um you know I saw her like limbless um like motionless and I'm like I go to her house and everything was there and it's like you can't take anything with you you come into this world alone and you go out alone and that just changed my perspective about possessions and yes. even attachments to people um that you hold on to the loved ones and everything it's like you go by yourself um so that kind of started and then my dad my all I heard from my dad was he was the youngest of the family that he's next and within six months he passed away it's like when you give up 
even though, you know, but I saw also, I saw con con content in his eyes and his words. It's like, as soon as he said, I'm next, next month, he had a diagnosis of pulmonary fibrosis, which has no cure. There is no etiology. Like you don't know where it started, how it started. Um, and it, pulmonary fibrosis has seven year mortality rate. But then, you know, he passed away within six months. It was like progressing so fast. Um, so it was, you know, even through that, like knowing, I just knew that he wasn't make, going to make it. Like weeks before he passed away, um, I knew. Because um, a friend was asking, how's he doing? And I said, I don't think he's going to last longer. And she was so upset at me for saying that. And I was like, well, that's the truth. And it just came out of me. So knowing that I've had these uh, gifts of claircognizance and clairvoyant like vision sometimes. And um, not only that, like my first paper in English class um, when I first came to America um, in college was uh, euthanasia. And I don't know why I picked that topic. And, you know, um, I was so passionately defending, um, you know, why it should be the dignity to die, you know. Um, so it's, it's just strange. Like, and I worked at hospitals so much with physical therapy. And as soon as it's like for physical therapy, as soon as uh, palliative care or hospice takes over, we end right there, the physical uh, therapy care, because it's more comfort care. Um, and so they used to have this room there where, and I always wondered when I passed by, like, I want to know what goes behind, behind or beyond this door, this room, what happens inside. And this curiosity was there along the way. And so it's, it's kind of strange. It's like life just brings you back to that 360. And so I'm always curious. I always ask questions. I always why what's happening and um as soon as i finished that i did uh, akashic record reading and that just clarified everything that just brought everything so much together for me um just being able to channel i don't care for doing at, at this point mediumship but i can if i wanted to um but i so with death and dying what i do is more energetic work so it's not so much as um, my whole thing. I took the class. Uh, I really struggled with it because, uh, oh my God, just getting through, I'm a very empathic and sensitive soul. And to reading one paragraph of these books, it's like getting through the whole book to do assignments was hard. Listening to stories, loved ones, parents crying, you know, telling their stories of their kids dying. Um, so, but I knew that I needed, and my, my goal was to, um, to, um, just talk about death and dying, just be open about it. Um, and just, and then another thing was, again, going back to that legacy was when we did legacy work and not legacy work in terms of, it was a project we had to do, um, not legacy in terms of. Uh, passing down possessions or your property or things like that, but legacy as um, how you've lived your life, what you've lived, how are you going to be remembered? 
and things like that. And it's asking these questions to people like friends, you know, who volunteered to, um, you know, help me with my project. It, it was just so mind blowing. It's like for even me, as we think that to be remembered or to do something in life, it has to be this huge, you know, build more big organization or um, come up with these uh, elaborate scheme to help people, pe help people in thousands and, you know, millions. And, and it's not that legacy is like, um, just one smile you share with someone in a day, um, a talk you share with someone, even if you don't know them, or even if you know, just um, giving your presence to them, being next to them is your legacy. Your children are your legacy. Um, and so, you know, so I just, it's like, that's what I wanted to do. It's like people saying that. And so I was doing this project and talking to friends. And so I wanted to show that you can live your legacy from now. You don't have to wait till you die or you're in that end process of dying. Um, and then I also dwell into Bhagavad Gita, which is the scriptures of uh, Hinduism. And to go in depth with that, it's like to realizing that um, there is the, you know, that, that's all it teaches is there is no death because you've never been born. Um, if you think about that circle, it's like it's an ongoing circle. All you do is like when you're a little baby, and then you grow into an um, youth, you grow into an adult and then elderly, and then you move on. You keep changing bodies, even in this lifetime, you keep changing bodies. And, but you, what doesn't change is you, the soul. And so when you're doing that, when you come into this body as a baby, when you're born, and then when you go out, you go out into another body, it's like, maybe we can't see and we can't, we don't know where we are going, but yet it's continuous process. So there is no death because there was no birth or, you know, so there is no end because there was no beginning. And to learn more and more going into it, it's like me chasing after liberation and saying, and then to realize I can close my eyes right now and feel that freedom and liberation because there is no tying down to this body or the label that I have, my name and attachments and things like that. And it's like, we can bring that liberation and that freedom in every moment of our living, of our, you know, of our just being. So for that short question, that was the whole thing. It's like going back in that circle and loop to find, you know, it's like self-realization. So, and that's what really Bhagavad Gita is about. So it's like my goal and what I do is really just energy, energetic healing, more quantum healing. So I go deep healing. I even sometimes do um, to people that are um, spiritually um, aware and conscious in their living, um, help them with uh, deep DNA shifting and paradigm changes with opening up their Akashic record and doing quantum healing within the Akashic record to bring that uh, unison of their, not only their soul, but 
um, people that they're around. Wow, you're amazing. <laughs> I love listening to you. Um, you and I had a really interesting talk, I think, at a breakfast table when we yes. first met. Tell us, like, what part of India did you grow up in? Didn't you say you lived closer to the Himalayas? or No, actually. I uh, grew up in uh, Mumbai city, Bombay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But I did I a retreat. In, uh, I did a, so I host and facilitate retreats. So I had just come back from hosting a retreat in India this year. Um, but closer to Himalayas. It's oh, like. Oh, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So didn't we talk about the Gan the Ganges, the Ganga, the Holy River? Yes. And so I had been there um, back in 2006. And when you're speaking about the idea of death and the acceptance of it, don't you think? Mm. Like, all I know is that when I observed the Ganga and the people bring the body to the water to bathe and dip in the river, and there's just, everything is very external there. We can see people acknowledging death, Whereas I think in the Western world, I don't know what you think of it as someone who now lives in the United States, but don't you think we're a little bit more closed or we don't speak about death as much in this Western hemisphere? And I've experienced that a lot, like people that have experienced so many traumas or um, they're so, they, they closed in, like they don't want to open that box of, um, I remember going to, um, I don't even know. I had gone on vacation, but I was talking to someone at a store. I don't know how we we started talking about because the person behind the counter, uh, it was a cute little store. They had crystals and stuff. So it was like they were open to these conversations. But um, she had written book on something. And so we started talking about death and dying. And uh, one person, she's like, she was just helping someone. Um, one of her friend had to cancel out and she was helping just cover um, for her in that store. And there were two of them there. So one of them started talking about, and I had just published this book. Um, yeah, so I was in Mortal Beach and the book had just come out and we had launched it. And um, so we talked about it. And so she said um, that, you know, she just started talking about it, that her son just started playing music and funny thing he just started playing music at a hospice places like some a friend invited him to play um guitar or some songs or something while this person was um at that end stage and um she let me hear her son, son's song and voice and it was just beautiful um and the other person there she is like, I don't want to hear anything. She excused herself, went somewhere and she's like, and I asked her, what is the fear? What is it? She's like, I've lost everyone around me and I don't want to talk about it. And I don't want to think about it. Um, there are some people who said, and I, I gifted them the book and they're, they said, I'm sorry, I will not, I, I don't want to, um, they don't even want to keep it or take it because they're like, I, they don't want to face it. Um, and, and yeah, and so as children in India, it's like, I don't, it's still a little similar, but before I know that we used to, um, you know, everything happened in the home, the bathing, um, the changing clothes and everything happened right there. And within four to six hours, um, this person is taken to the uh, crematory. Um, 
and, and you know, um, Hindus do the open uh, pyre and um, the burial, everything. It doesn't matter what religion, mostly um, all of them happen within four to six hours of that process, that whole funeral. And then there are, um, again, there, there are uh, customs with 13 days process and chanting and praying for the deceased soul to go to where they're supposed to go next. It's almost like you're taking them to that light. You're taking them to whatever journey they need to travel to next. So their soul is not kept behind. Um, so it's so open, the children are there, um, whether they understand or not, but, it, but it's part of life. Mm -hmm. um, and here, I feel like, you know, you do shelter your children, you do, you know, um, I know friends that don't go to funerals, it doesn't matter whose funeral it is, they're like, I, I can't do death. Um, right. Because it, I think it, it, really um, pushes us to think about it. You go to a funeral home um, and you do the wake and you go, you know, you just, it's like it, um, it really brings you to that mortality of your own, right? It, it brings you, that, that question comes up. Like, will there be people um, here for me? What would they be saying about me? What would they think about me? sometimes you don't even want to think about all those things so yeah it really brings that whole uh, and it scares us right it, it really scares us that what is next does. yeah I don't know why it should scare us though I mean if we believe we're going to go on from here but yet I guess it's still crossing the veil of the unknown so and I think and that was my question to myself too it's like wait a minute, if we think that we are going back home, we are going to God, we are going, what are we afraid of? Oh my God, that's when I said, I was like, yeah, I want to go there because there's no suffering, there's no pain, we don't have to deal with all these things. I want to go there now, you know? And that's where I started, like, I want liberation. I want out of this whole loop. And so tell me how I can get out of this loop. You show me how I can. So it's like that whole curiosity. It's like, if you know you're going home, if you're going to that peaceful, calm and beautiful place, why wouldn't you want to go there? Right? And I it, agree with that. Yeah, and it's fear. I think it's that fear. And I was asking, so I do um, with a friend, um, she's also end of life doula. We host um, death cafes. It's a free virtual uh, every other Thursday, um, death cafe. And, you know, I, I was asking her, we were discussing that, like, um, why, you know, what is it that we're afraid of? Because um, I was in the flight coming back from Denver, for some reason, the, you know, flight got delayed so much. And then there was turbulent weather. And the plane started shaking. And I always claim that I'm not afraid of death. I want to go, right? And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, breathing shallow. And I'm like, you know, all these emotions are coming up. I was like, wait a minute. I'm not afraid of death. Then what is this? Why am I scared right now? If the plane goes down, it goes down. And so that's when um, that, that whole 
And as soon as that awareness came, I was fine. It's like almost that poof, all the emotions just disappeared. Like, okay, it, it that's what it is. And so I was uh, asking and so it's, it's that unknown, like from maybe if you're not afraid of death, but it's the process, what happens in the midway from that, you know, when you know that you're dying and before you pass away, it's like, it's that in between what happens. And that's, yeah. It's funny you mentioned planes because I've had the same thought on planes and I know that turbulent weather because I was there too. Um, yeah. They didn't, they didn't let us leave at first and then it was bouncing around there. I did transcendental meditation probably like almost 20 years ago. And then more recently I went to a Vipassana center where we sit in silence for 10 days. And in that teaching, they're really trying to get you to remain calm no matter what's going on around you. So I do use that on airplanes because I think, again, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of because we're infinite beings. So yeah. um, I've done a pretty good job keeping myself pretty calm during those times. But yeah. you can also sometimes, as you know, they'll feel the fear of the people around you who are on the plane going, oh, my gosh, we're going to die, you know. Um, but again, like you said, if we're going to the creator and to the loving embrace of God, then there shouldn't be anything really to worry about other than, you know, we haven't, well, we have done it, yeah. of course, again and again and again, but we don't remember doing it. I guess that's the thing yeah. that seems so daunting and scary. And, and that's the thing, I think, exploring more and more in, in depth, even like what we do, Akashic Record reading, or when we do past life stuff, we do um, ancestral work, generational work. It's like, but at time and time again, it's shown it astral travel time and time we're shown that we have traveled we have traveled through different timelines we um and, and i feel sometimes it's or to go more further it's like you know we talk about multi-dimension and things and it's like things are there is no past present and future and everything is happening simultaneously so sometimes all these lifetimes are also simultaneously going on. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So um, I think that fear also when we talk about death is like um, maybe sometimes religion has caused that fear in terms of you've sinned so much and you'll be judged. And so maybe that judgment thing but then I feel that that source, that eternal being is um, never judgmental. There is no judgment. And it's all loving and all compassion. That's all there is. It, it's that completeness. Because we come from completeness and eternity. We continue to be in that even in this lifetime. And then we go merge back into it. So that whole thing of, you know, everything is enough. We've done enough. We've continuously done enough and we're going to continue to do enough. So, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. So the death doula movement, let's say, is really kind of catching on right now. So if people don't know exactly what is involved with that, what do you do as a death doula? Um, so personally, I'm working more terms of uh, energetic work. I, um, I do soul to soul conversation. Uh, people 
um, either in person, I see somebody uh, who's at uh, their end stage uh, or they're approaching or somebody's in ICU, but family sends their loved one's picture, their name, and then I just sit and do an energetic cleanse for them. I um, have conversations soul to soul um, if they're not awake um, and just helping them ease, um, feel that peacefulness um, because anxiety rise up, rises up towards the end, all these thoughts you're leaving behind. Uh, people right now, I have a client who has um, three little girl, uh, girls um, and she is in hospice. So that anxiety, how do you leave a three-year-old? You know, because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, um, and then, so that process, so it's more of an energy, an energetic work that I do, help them ease, uh, help them easily let go. Uh, also realize what they need to do. Um, so there is no, um, so that's what I do, but there are, uh, I have um, colleagues that are, do end of life doula. Um, they do, some of them, one of them I know does um, uh, assistance with the um, medical, medical aid in dying. Uh, so they do that, they um, help them, they're there with them. They explain everything to them. Um, some end-of-life doulas. Um, so they're there throughout the whole process. They sit and talk to the family uh, or and the, the, their client is the person who is um, uh, at that end stage and they're helping them through the process uh, with anything and everything. It could be arrangement for funerals, arrangement for um, now newer and newer, newer uh, burial um, uh, burials are introduced, you know, composting versus water, aqua, uh, aqua burial. These things are coming up. So giving them resources and letting them know that these options are available. Uh, some states uh, do allow home funerals. If you do want to donate your body, where do you donate your body? How can to arrange and help them with that process? Um, process with getting rid of things in the house, you know, give it away, kind of help them with decluttering decluttering or getting um, things together for that, creating a legacy project uh, in terms of, um, you know, like videos or recipe books and um, uh, quilts and giving family members something that they would remember by um, books and, you know, creating uh, letters and things like that. Um, some also, they stay vigil, they sit with them, they help them uh, through uh, mm -hmm. transitioning from this to next life. Um, and some people just hire uh, end of life doulas because uh, they want that process started uh, way before they get to that end of life. Um, they also arrange, like my friend always asks, what would you and how would you like your last hour to look like? Who would you want to uh, be there with you? Who would you not want, rather not want there with you? Um, do you want music? What kind of lighting do you want? What, what is it that you want? Um, some people help uh, with um, uh, live uh, funerals and everybody comes on and talks about this person while the person is there and letting them know how loved they are. Um, 
So there, there are many, um, and just helping with all kinds of resources, helping with um, helps getting them aids or anything that they need. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't, I have friends who have studied this as well, but I didn't realize it was just, it's really, it sounds like it's just very individual to the individual doula who's doing the practice, such as you have adopted it into your own work that you're doing. I think that's good because like you said, there's just so many different things that people need. Um, the other point you make that's such a good one. I mean, we plan weddings, we plan birthday parties. Um, we have parties for no good reason. And yet we don't ever really plan one of the more important events that we're going to have. Some people do. Yeah. They plan their funeral in advance. In fact, you were saying something um, earlier that I, I had a friend whose husband just passed away and, and he wanted to plan his funeral in advance. And something else you said earlier was reminding me of that situation as well. I had gone to see him before he passed mm -hmm. and it was a really interesting time um the friends came over and he gave them his belongings oh, we were talking about belongings earlier right and the, you know you're not going to take this stuff with you so he wanted to put his belongings in order and you know give this pile of things to his friends and so the friends would come over and visit yeah. and I just thought that was really cool because um you know he's still alive they can have that conversation and he can give his things to people who he knows will love and appreciate them because and as we said you're not going to take it with you yeah, you know no. and, and he did have quite a planned funeral um I was one that really grew up moving around a lot and I had never seen a dead body until I was like 20 something years old like 27 years old so it was very shocking at that age to just never have gone to a funeral never have been around any of this so I'm one of those, I guess, um, Westerners that yeah. I'm talking about that um, I think in this culture over here, we're just trying to get caught up on what's yeah. going on. And so that's really what, in my own way, got me into this work that I'm doing is because I was also trying to figure out what is going on here. One of my friends has passed away and I don't even know how to handle this and I'm an adult. So yeah. this is not cool. And so um, I've gotten to it as quickly as I can. I also think when I have these conversations on the podcast, I know everybody watches them, but I'm always wondering, hmm, like you said, some of people probably really don't want to hear about this topic, yeah. but it's such an important topic. Absolutely. It's part of us, right? It's, it part is. Of, it's like, we don't, we don't want to hear it, but every single moment, there are little, little deaths that happen within our lives, you know, even our body changes, like all our cells are new with every seven years. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so when you were talking belongings, it's like when you pass it on when you're there, there's story behind it. You know, you give with a story that why it, you have this value and why are you giving it to this person? Now, this person may feel obligated. Okay, now you're given and now you can't throw it out whenever you're changing and moving or you're going somewhere, but it's okay. That's okay too. That, you know, it served its purpose and you pass it on to someone else with the same love but when you go it's like all this uh, there's so much uh, and our society is also not pre uh, prepared for any of this death and how to handle it because corporations my friends I know that just right now I was talking to some of my friends it's like her um, parents died it's like it took us her six to nine months to get the phone canceled and 
um, coverage cancel for her mom. And even then it kept turning it on. So of course there's a message probably from mom that she's keeping on turning the phone on or something, uh, even though the company took care of it. But more than that, it's like even the property, the, the belongings, it's like you have to do so much work. So why put your family through that? They could be processing, they could be, um, you know, they, they could be grieving and dealing with, you know, the loss. But yet everybody is just thrown into this whirlwind of taking care of things and not worrying about the whole grieving part, the emotions. I mean, it's like you bottle all that in and then it's time to move on, right? By the time you get done six months, eight months, trying to take care of property and take care of everything uh, of your loved one, it's like you have work, you have your own family, you have your, you know, so you have to move on now. Um, so there, that it's not processed properly. So we are even not set up as a society. It doesn't matter where. Um, throughout the world, even in India, they experience the same thing. It's like, we're not set up for that. Like uh, we've taken my dad's information to the bank so many times, death certificate too, to cancel his name. And so many times it's just reappears or it's there. So we just leave it. <laughs> What do you do, right? Yeah. 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 Now they've got all the social media accounts and they have to get somebody to be the person who's going to handle your Facebook page. I don't want anyone handling my Facebook page. Yeah. I don't even go on my Facebook page. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It is hard. I mean, it is, like you said, it's not set up in the society. And yeah, I went to a, a funeral last year where the deceased had been dead for already a year before this was handled. So um, you know, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think I like the idea of three or four hours that you know, six hours, whatever that to me makes more sense because I feel like there's still an energy of how are you, how are you going to move on yeah. when you still have that hanging over you? Or like you yeah. said, the property's still there or the phone's still on the bank account won't get closed. I mean, yeah. those things need to start getting resolved. I think. Yeah. I grew up in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, a lot of people go Mexico. No, it's New Mexico. It's a state. Um, and there was a lot of the Native American culture there and everything. And, and there, they're very, um, they just handled the, the deceased much differently, let's just say. And so there's always this idea of, yeah, not having a lot of possessions, handling things, wanting to, you know, wrap up the deceased's affairs quickly rather than letting them linger yeah. because it's, believed as it is in I think many cultures that the deceased can't get to where they're going if they've got the threads of the material world still bogging them down or if yeah. all of us are here you know bawling our heads off about them yeah. they need to be able to move on and so things have to be done in support of that I think absolutely energetically too you can hold people back their spirit back and the more you know me to realizing that it's like you're constantly grieving this person and you are going to grieve and it's okay to miss them and celebrate them. But, you know, and what I learned from my mom and her family and stuff, it's like, it's celebration. You have to celebrate life. Um, no matter how young, you know, just celebrate the, that just being here on earth and forming that relationship and all, and just, 
celebration is very important and that, but of course you miss them, but yet that the more you keep grieving and keep, you know, holding on to their things or even energetically holding them back, they cannot go higher and higher into realms. They cannot move forward because they're constantly coming back um, to help you or they feel whatever that happens in that phase in that place. Yeah, I think still though, even if they've moved on, as I've gotten older and I've had you know more experiences than I did when I was um, very old for the first funeral, I, you know, you start to realize, wait, you know, there's a timeless place as you've described because all time is happening simultaneously where we can still have those fond memories and hold someone dear in our heart without that attachment to their physicality being here anymore or without energetically, you know, keeping them here. There's still a way to have that fond memory and those good feelings, as you said, to be blessed that you knew them and to just hold that thought in the mind. Although again, I think that's easier said than done depending on the situation, obviously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, what just came to my mind, it's like, again, you can close your eyes and just imagine they're right there. You can have conversations with them. You can, and they, they show signs all the time. And one of the chapters in the book, you know, um, that French, um, Sherry, that her and I do Death Cafe, she's wrote, wrote about signs, um, about how you get these synchronistic moments or signs from um, loved ones. I've read so many books where with end of life uh, experiences and when people ask them, they always remember their loved ones. They always talk about them as though they are right there you know, they, they experience and um, because they are, they're there to receive them. They've come down to receive them. They're waiting for them. And it's going to be as easy as it sounds. People have talked about seeing the light people have talked about. And so I always wonder when we see these um, movies and these um, depictions of angels, depictions of um, dimensions and the light we see and the talks about it moving it's like it's not just an imagination people have experienced these things you know it, it's like um, somewhere I read recently it's like these movies and things we watch it's like um, the reason these um, actors are called cast it's like they're casting spells you know, and, and you're actually watching these things that they do transpire and, and you know, um, anyway, so I'm going off topic with that, but I feel like that's, um, there are so many signs. And then this week I was just talking to someone um, who is, um, her sister is pregnant due within a few weeks. And she's taught, you know, she's very energetically connected and in tuned. And um, she was talking about that. I don't know why, but she's like, um, I don't know why. Um, recently, they've been seeing so many visitations, visitations in terms of from angels, from um, um, crystalline um, stars and things like that and she's like and birds and animals are just coming closer to the house and to the windows and um so this this thing just that that whole my mind was blown because 
I was like, why didn't I even think about it? It's, it's true that when we see signs of somebody going out and that one word I heard from her was, it's like they're coming to check things out. And I was like, yeah, they're checking it out before this newborn comes into this lifetime. They are making sure they're preparing everything. And so there are signs and, you know, and things are getting arranged even for this being to come into this, um, this life on earth. So what happens even at the end that we feel is the end, even that happens when the birth, it's like these signs are always there if you're in tune to it. Like right now we're talking, you know, and I know that it's like, maybe we're surrounded, I know we're surrounded by our ancestors and our loved ones to have this conversation about them and the angels and people, yeah. Such a good point. I mean, we do get signs of all kinds of things if we, you know, take a minute to pay attention yeah. and see what's happening. Yeah. Um, I definitely think about the animals. There's a really great book called Animal Speak by Ted Andrews. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he talks about, you know, when this bird shows up or when this animal shows up, what does that mean? And, and a lot of that is, I think, our loved ones coming back to say hello and or the animals just coming. This is a great story you tell about. Yes, birth. I mean, this is the cycle that you're talking about, the wheel, the birth yeah. and death and recycling. And, you know, in quantum physics, they believe that, you know, you don't destroy matter. It just changes form. So if we are this indestructible thing that's just changing into these different forms, then, you know, all is well. We just yeah. have to get on board with it, I guess, and see where we're going next. Right. What's our next um, station, next spot, uh, next destination? Who knows, right? And uh, that's amazing that you said that. We don't. And, and that's what it's like to realize, like, you know, you think from outside that Hinduism is like following all these different, different idols, different, different gods and stuff, but it's not. It only talks about, so once you, because you are a form, you can identify with the form. And that's why these forms are there. But then once you realize the formlessness of these beings, you can realize the formlessness of yourself. And so that whole circle of first you connect with the form, once you connect with the form, you can realize the formlessness of this being. And so, you know, just getting that whole mess and that's all there is in this message of that whole, it's called Sanatan Dharm, meaning just uh, it's an endless eternity. And, and that's what life is. So amazing. yeah, it's, it's, it's just um, that formlessness. So once you experience, you can close your eyes and experience your own formlessness and to see that you are not separate from anything and anyone. And that's when that whole uh, non-duality comes into picture. It's like, once you start, when you start judging, criticizing, all those things, it's like, because you feel separate, you're not connected, you're not aligned. It's like, once you start experiencing that, 
um, that non-dual part of everything, the, the connectedness with everything. It's like, you are not separate from anyone and everything. Like you are one with the source. Absolutely. Well, I love your book, um, friends. It's highly recommended, excellent work. There's a lot of different perspectives with these same universal conclusions. It's a beautiful book. Congratulations on that. And thank you for doing this work. It's important. Um, I can't wait to see what you're going to do next as you continue this journey of helping others. And we will definitely have you back on the show in the future as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, tell us your website and where we can... Of course, we'll have the links below, obviously, but tell us your website. Uh, it's himalivora.com um, or you can reach me at himalivora1 at gmail.com. Excellent. Excellent. Friends, this is highly recommended. Um, just a real thought-provoking read to get you into that mind frame of endlessness and timelessness and oneness that I think is so important. So... We have done it again, another fabulous guest and another fun episode of Healing Arts. And I just can't wait to see you next time when we get together again on Healing Arts. Thank you. Hey friends, would you like to heal your ancestors to heal your life? Well, you can do just that with my book by the same name that will teach you my genealogical regression process so that you can send love and light to your ancestors. And by learning a few simple techniques, you will begin to feel the benefits of that healing resonating through yourself and your entire family, past, present, and future. Check out my book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, The Transformative Power of Genealogical Regression today. Just go to pastlifelady.com, click on the book link, and check it out. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at pastlifelady.com or on YouTube at Past Life Lady, or connect with me on Facebook at Past Life Lady.